as they say. Okay, I'm speaking today with um, an old friend. <laughs> Definitely old. Yeah. Well, um, I am. Older than you. And it uh, goes by the name of, um, of Danny Dodson. And what we're going to be thinking and chatting about is talent identification uh, in sport. Now, Danny works in football, but I think if we listen to this from a cricket, a rugby or whatever background, even I suppose... Um, in, in industry background, this has got stuff that's pretty pretty useful for it. So um, we're going to talk a bit about what happens, what what it's actually like to scout players, the process of it, and then what Danny's done in more recent years is move along to talent identification, which, from what we said before we we start recording, perhaps is a bit more of a broader role that's in there. Um, and I'm going to poke him and program just to see if we we can get some of these questions that people might be thinking of in this answered yep. weirdly enough we turned up in a coffee shop here in uh, coventry and uh, sat opposite uh, completely by chance is um, dan's brother michael who is currently just ignoring us and, and he's yeah, i think that's a fair perspective yeah, from so. him but we might get a view of him from him at the end but yeah. uh, he seems to not want to be disturbed currently so we'll go from there <laughs> so if i take this a lot of people would probably uh, in football or cricket look at the, 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 the job of a scout and think that that would be something they'd be really keen on you know everyone yeah. has an opinion on the game everyone thinks they can spot a yeah. player and so on yeah. so what was it that, got, that managed to get you in that position where a club or clubs were were briefing you to go out and look at a player. What was your pathway yourself to get there? So, so my pathway was failed ex-player at no decent level, if I'm honest. Um, and I stopped playing probably, I think it was about 29. It's just local grassroots type stuff. Loved it, just love playing football, love the sport. Um, and I, as every probably grassroots, well, most grassroots, what I would argue is, you, you, as you sort of start playing, you're a little bit older. You see a few injuries. You think, oh Christ, this, you know, it feels a little bit serious now Um, I don't want to miss Monday Tuesday at work because of some somebody's clumped me Uh, so so you end up thinking is it really worth it I still love the sport still love training but it got a little bit you know not tiresome but I got an injury in my knee and I I thought I see I've had enough and I missed I missed the sport if that makes sense and funny enough mentioning my brother who's sitting opposite us um, he was coaching at Birmingham at the time and um, he said look we need some scouts you know speak to the head of recruitment at the time which was a guy called Phil Robinson who's now Man City and I just met Phil and said look I've never never scouted before in my life but you know I like to think I know a little bit about the sport we've got We've got a history in the game professionally. Uh, my granddad was academy manager at Coventry for a long, long time. So I've always been involved in professional youth sport, and it was something I was really interested in. So just literally started grassroots scouting, um, and that's where every scout really, I think, should start. Um, you know, if you want to learn it, learn the game really, and look, you, you don't do it for money. If you're a scout, you'll be a, a very poor man. As most scouts around the country don't earn a great living. You know, there's, a, there's very few that will work professionally in it, whether it be. Uh, at first team level which some people want to do which I don't I, I said I love the youth side and that's where I'm happy um, and that's what really happened really went from there and um, did a lot of local stuff then sort of built myself up and they uh, started sending me to other academies so I would look at the players if they wanted to buy um, after that, that was a number of years really it coincides with work a little bit just love being out at weekends watching games which is more than anything I'm watching you know watching kids play football and see if there's anything there um, and then my journey was after that, I ended up um, getting offered a, a scouting role for England, sort of youth development phase, 15-17s for the Midlands, so I covered the Midlands for, for England in those age groups. And after sort of quite a short period of time, I was really lucky, sometimes in life, the way it falls, um, they offered, uh, I applied for the manager role for that for that role, so basically youth talent ID manager for England, uh, men's teams, 15-17s. Which I was lucky to get. Um, stayed there for three years. I left there last, basically last sort of this time last year actually. Um, did a little bit of work for Southampton and now head of recruitment at Nottingham Forest Academy. Um, so okay, well, that's my journey. Yeah, there you go. As we say, X Factor style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's your X Factor? <laughs> Within that, there's clearly a, 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 a from from what we can hear there, clearly a difference in. I guess the demands of uh, what's been demanded of you as a scout from that grassroots kind of everyone maybe got an image of the the, the park football yeah. and people playing there and trying yeah. to uncover a little bit of a, 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 a diamond in the rough if you like. Yeah, yeah. To then 
when you were do, doing the work for England in Talent ID, presumably the, the stuff there is the players are already within the, the, the set, a set of yeah, some of their the academy stuff that you're watching. Yeah, yeah. So from that, what's your is there? Is there? Does it vary what your direction is? Is it one week or game you're looking at particular positions, or is it you're looking more broadly for the right type of player? Um, well, England have a very specific DNA and what they want positionally their players to do. So you're looking literally to fit into that model, um, but you have to be so varied. Certainly the 15, 16, 18, 16, 17 days because you just don't know. You don't know. You're so far away, really, from the finishing line that you don't know what it's going to look like. So, yes, they might not fit a perfect model, but actually they're still very good footballers or athletically very good or whatever it might be, or there's a pathway for them at the club. The biggest issue you would have with sort of national recruitment from a... Less so probably in like a cricket or a rugby that has more control over their governing body. The FA don't have any control over clubs. So they might like a, like a player at 15, 16, 17 and he might be at a club which may never play him or, or find, he makes his debut later. You might find a player who's not probably going to fit your model exactly or close enough that you really want but actually the first team manager at that club will play him at 17 all of a sudden you've got to almost pick him because he's getting the, the hardest thing in football which is to get which is is actual experience in the game um, so I think there's different models for different clubs I don't think I think certainly in football and so I think in sport and I, we've probably touched on this a little bit more everyone's looking for the golden egg or the golden answer there isn't one for, for my time in the game there, there isn't one thing that anyone has that yeah they'll work hard but first and foremost they're very very good at what they do and there'll be different personalities and you know the, the, the role of the coach the role of the people in the club is understanding that player and understanding how you can push his buttons or her buttons um, to get the best out of them because you know Ronaldo will be different to Messi mm. you know they're not the same. You know, the same the only trait they've both got is they're both very good footballers like everything else they're probably I don't know them personally funny enough yeah. <laughs> but I suspect they're not the same personalities they're very very different you know Ronaldo comes across as probably a little bit from the outside probably more selfish type yeah. and, and that may be what he is but he's still effective in games and he helps you with football games so every kid is different um, and the same so it's understanding that and yes they're There'll be models and there'll be things you look to do, but ultimately, for every model you've got out there, so this is what we're looking for. There'll be a person who makes it succeed and is outstanding who doesn't fit that model. Yeah. So it's being flex enough to, to to flexing within that really. And I, I think the best recruitment in rugby, in cricket, in football, in any sport adapts itself to the players because I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, that's a, it's about selling tickets or winning yeah. cups or whatever it is. Yeah. With with the that, from the from the yeah, from the from the club's perspective or the, the national team or whichever representative group they're gonna gonna play for, I can see that idea of you're then you're, you're gonna have no matter what eleven players and a squad that are there. It's just who you, where you pull them in from and what you yeah. do there. If we look at it from the the perspective of that the, the individual who's at whichever stage of this this scouting programme whether they're the, the, the youngster who's scoring goals for fun in their Sunday league or their, their schools tournaments and what have you through to someone who's already in a um, a, a setup or is, has eyes on them already this is I probably know the answer to this anyway but is there as, not as a rule but as a guide how how often would someone be be looked at? So we sometimes think of people. We got we all know people like this who think, oh, well, you know, I missed my chance because I had that one bad game or what have you. How realistic is that? Would you, for example, either at Forest or yeah. at any stage before, yeah. have just said? It's one audition, or is there a little bit more to it? No, it's definitely not one audition, clearly. Um, you can see players that have worldies on one day and be terrible. You would never judge it on that. I mean, the, the ideal model would be like your scouts that are out there, maybe go and see the player two or three times. And then for someone like me, either work with the role I had in England was more as a verifier. You're going out to go, right, okay, the scout's right, do I agree with them? Yes, let's get him in. But same from a club perspective, yeah, let's bring him on a trial or whatever it is. Um, it's not really to go, right, first look, get him in. 
club football is different to England. There's not going to be a pressure with England. You can wait. You can maybe see him over a long period of time to make your decision. A club football, let's say you, you know, in the Midlands. So if I spend three or four weeks deciding what I'm going to do with him, go and watch him three or four times, and he's a grassroots player, someone else will come and take him. It's too late. Yeah. So you have you have to make quicker decisions. And yeah, you make probably more mistakes because of that because you can't. You might judge him on. I said my scouts might go and see him once, twice. Go really like him. I go and he just does all right. Now, do I take a risk and go and see him the next week, knowing that that's more of a risk, or do I go right? Okay, there's, I've seen enough there to go. No, I've seen enough there to go. Yeah, I'll take a, I'll take a risk on that. Now, ideally, you'd have 25 reports, and you work on the numbers game. So, if you have 25 scouts go to it, 25 reports, 25 is probably a bit high. But and if three quarters of them are saying yes, the law of averages say probably is a yes. Yeah. So you go on that. So. That would be more, I know sort of cricket is more of a numbers game in terms of the way they recruit. So they will look at maybe, like if, he, if he's a batsman, what's his average for the season? Or what's his average in the games? So you're going, actually, statistically, you're working on high numbers. Same with like when they do recruit on things like, any, any, any sport which has a high number or scores, like a basketball or whatever, it's e- is it easier, but it's... You can predict a little bit easier. Football's so difficult because what are you predicting against? One goal against, you yeah. know, so it's difficult to, to judge it on, on that. But again, yeah, for report-wise, um, it, it all depends. Uh, you know, if, if Man City or if it was me or whether it be her, you're going to go and buy the player, you're not going to make a snap judgment because that might cost you 250 grand, 500 grand, whatever it is on, for a 16-year-old. You might want to go and see him a clump of times because the board are going to say well are we going to spend this money and you're going to go right here's all the evidence of why we're going to spend the money we've seen him 15 times you know 15 out of the reports 14 of them say we should be signing him so again you work you know if it was me and I was spending the money you'd look in a evidence aren't you really and which is way the game will go you know um, where well, it is going and, and, and is already there for some clubs yeah with, with this you, I think that's an important comparison between stats I suppose every sport is stats driven at the professional yes. level yes 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 but if you if you play recreational cricket so if we go back to our days at the Huntington Cricket Club and we were to look at scorecards over the course of a, of a year yeah. we could be saying right well in actual fact and even with the quite rudimentary tools that we have with recreational cricket using say the, the play cricket apps yes. we'd be able to see well okay Danny Dodds averages this many he scores this many boundaries he's better away than at home yeah. different attacks yeah. and we can we, if we wanted to we could spend a lot of time drilling down to it yeah. and in the pro game I was reading um John Norcross book about Leicester City's title winning season uh, um, fearless there you go John you've got your plug um, and within within that there was an incredible amount of detail about the, the scouting system about how Kante got there and Marit and so on yeah. now, and that makes people think of, of, of scouting football players as through that kind of the algorithms and whatever else but you've not got access to that if you're at the, the grassroots so what, what's the main driver in terms of picking up a player uh, it could be anything really you're looking at it's such again I think everyone looks for that golden egg because they want to yeah. know the answer and, yeah. I, and I get that because I do as well because if I knew the answer then you'd just highlight on those type of things but it, it could be literally anything it could be actually you're right um, he's not great at a lot of things but he's got a knack he scores quite a lot of goals okay that's the hardest thing probably to do in football is score goals so there's loads of footballers out there have made great careers and would make an academy a lot of money by just scoring for goals mm-hmm. so you look at a championship you know if a championship player scores more than 20 goals a season someone's going to pay a lot of money to take him out of championship or, or a top end championship club needing to, to get them promoted so you're looking at 20 million plus I would have thought so again he might be rubbish at all those off the yeah. ball things or he might not be great uh, tactically whatever but actually when it gets in the six yard but when he traffic, if you get the ball in there he will score you goals so I think it could be just as simple as that, but it could be something else. It could be like he's got if a younger age, he's, he's, especially you can have them for su- in the academies. We, you know, you'd have them probably three nights a week, so three training sessions a week, and then also a game. So you're having four days a week, three or four hours at a time, let's say. If he's a 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old, you've got a lot of time there between 12 and six, 9 and 16, 12 and 18, whatever it is, to turn someone into a footballer. So if he's got some attributes that you think, right, okay, this is great, we can work on that. But actually we can, you know, we can... We tend to say it's, it's like you've got to have one outstanding attribute at a younger age group, and then as you get older it's maybe two or three. 
which is which is which would make sense. Yeah. But that could be anything. Could be a centre back. Actually, he's not great with his feet, but he he wins everything in the air. Or he's very difficult to get beaten one v one. That might be good enough because again, you're not. Again, this is probably a difficult thing to say, but academies aren't going to produce every year 11 or 12 players getting the first team. It doesn't just that's never going to happen. So you might be working with two or three in age group that you actually think realistic opportunities. They're going to need players to play with them that help them. So some might come through and surprise you. So you might go, well, we only really took that centre back because actually it really helps the other centre back we really like or we think is going to have a real long future in the game. But actually at some point, because you don't know kids, you don't know how they're going to develop, you don't know all the mindset stuff because you can't see inside the head. All of a sudden, the kid you weren't sure about has gone past the boy you were really keen on. So again, you... It, there's never an exact science in it, and you know, if it was a business, you'd probably fold it because the, the, the success rate is so small. But then, if you get one through that's worth 30 million, that pays for your academy for the next five years. Um, and that 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 bit of it, the and I hesitate to use the word random, mm. but that element of it where there's so much so much that's unpredictable yeah. leads people to then really reflect it yeah and, they, and quite rightly look outside and think of all the people that the clubs perhaps didn't pick up on and late developers and yeah, these yeah, kind yeah. of things so we're going back to let's say Leicester City yeah. Vardy's such yeah, a great yeah, example yeah. of that yeah. but if, I, if, 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 it's, if we look at it this way and think say there's whichever club Notts Forest doing, doing this looking at a huge volume of players and there's that huge churn of people that are with the academy at one point maybe let go there might be then someone joining from another club there must be over the 92 football league clubs and I, I know there's differences in, yeah, in whether we call them academies yeah, and, whether yeah. it, and, and some of them go down the route of being very youth focused and might be a little bit more about the, the first team and it could be all, all blokes over 30 then yeah, yeah. about the, the, um, the, the academy but are those 92 clubs and we include perhaps yeah, throw Scotland in Wales or the rest of it that's a lot of eyes on a lot of players so that probably takes out some of that random bit of it even though everyone could think of an individual they go how on earth didn't he make it and everyone's got perhaps yeah an injury or what have you but those injuries happen to you see Michael Owen as an example him pre Serious injury yeah, to yeah. after. Yeah, These yeah, things yeah. just they happen, don't yeah, they? Course. And there's nothing the actually we, we control with them. From that 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 observation where you're on the on the side on the sidelines in the in the park or in the, the ground or what have you. Of course, we're getting you're getting a, a, a view of what they do physically and how they deal with the, the challenge that's in front of them. Although it's right to yeah, say you can't see in their head and see what they're doing mm. is is there anything that, that that comes up regularly that you would link to like a mindset or a mental approach to it about the lads that have yeah. perhaps been looked at and then have gone on to be yeah, yeah, yeah. professional I think so there's a lot the ones that it's, diff, it's easier to say isn't it with the ones that have turned professional because you go here you go that's what they look like and a lot of them will be mindset in terms of like you know the ones that will be the last at the training ground want to work harder than everyone else yeah I think that's how do you identify that at a 12 year old maybe he hasn't developed that yet so that's the issue I have for sort of those age groups it's easier to point at them first in level because they are what they are then they're fit not the finish but do you know what I mean they're, they're, they're now at the, the situation where you can produce evidence on them you can produce you know, whatever it is um, because they're there how do you do that at 12 or 13 I don't know but yeah look, of course you want to but there'll be it's a difficult one again because there'll be players out there who are lazy so and so's but they get the board and they go past three and they put in the top corner yeah. and therefore they win games for managers so yeah of course the manager wants the hard working lads we all want to work hard for each other I get that we, you know, we all get that but it's making sure we're not biased enough to go well he's a lazy so and so or he's not going to make it because of whatever or he's just gone past three again and put in the top corner like, and again it's for the coaches whoever it might be the psych at the club the county manager whoever it is to, to like I said at the start to understand what pushes his buttons because he might never be the hard working type but you've got to if he's hard working enough or he does enough in a game to affect the result for you managers will pick him ultimately managers at first team level I don't know what this is like nine months or something isn't it average in the championship now I don't know what it is in the Premier League probably even less but 
they're at such a short period of time for success, they will look at academies and go, does he, does he help me or does he not help me? If he helps me now, I'll pick him. So all this, oh, you know, they don't pick the kids and stuff like that. Yeah, there's an element of that, but managers aren't stupid. You know, if Messi came through at any club, it's, they're picking. So it's not the age thing, it's not the academy thing, it's how does that kid help me success? A lot of them will say, well, actually, I'm probably not going to be here in nine months, so why would I have the kid who's going to struggle for six months unless there's a really strong ethos from you know, the, the chairman or whatever, that this is what we're going to do? But ultimately, they're working from job to job, so you get why they're going to do it. So again, the mindset stuff... It's difficult because there'll be kids out there that you know he, he can pipe up now at some point when he gets off the phone. Um, um, that that you would have gone at twelve. Ah, he's a bit soft. He's a bit this. He's a bit that. He's not. You know, he doesn't want to work yet. And all of a sudden, you, you're looking at him at seventeen, eighteen, and he's around the first team. Yeah. And, and he would have gone. I never saw that because you can't. You're right. You can't see inside the head. You yeah. can't. You don't know what drives the kid. And there is infinite elements that are happening in the background that you may not know about. Family breakups, illnesses. Struggle at school, struggling the environment, you know, going through puberty, your brain development, all that, all that is huge. So I think you know, everyone's looking at, well, did they have these certain things? Yeah, you, I can see kids now at 12, 13, they're like, yeah, we love him. Now they, the coaches love him because he's great to coach, he works hard, they get all that. That doesn't mean he's going to be athletic enough at 17. That doesn't mean he's going to play in the Premier League. Yeah. But ultimately, yeah, of course, those top players have that. The same thing that they all are very good footballers as well. It's the same principle, really. I just think, probably leading back to think, there is nothing. You know, you, what you're trying to do, especially, is you're trying to help them through that. So, as I said, can you get the kid? If he's maybe a little bit, I don't like the word soft, but you know, he doesn't really want to work hard. You might just need to get five percent out of him to actually become a Premier League footballer because technically he's outstanding, um, and that's the industry we're in. Certain clubs might go, no, 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 we're Man City. Liverpool, we're the top enders, they've got to have these presets. If they don't have these presets, they can go somewhere else. Like the world I'm in, the world you know, he's in, for example, or other, you can't afford to take that gamble because he might become the one who goes somewhere else. And we release a boy at 15 because we're not sure, but actually then goes and signs for Derby or, or Birmingham and then plays in the first team for 7 for 25 million. Quite rightly so, the chairman at your football club would go, well, what? Why did we release him? Yeah. Oh, because he didn't work hard enough. Well, it doesn't really work hard enough now. <laughs> yeah. But actually, he's just got three past us. Like, you know what I mean? So, I think there's no. I said that. I think there's no golden answer to anything. From my, just again, this is just my opinion. This isn't a club opinion or yeah. um, an FA opinion in the past. I think. Yeah. It's, uh, from the perspective of, and a lot of the things which sound simplest are the ones which are the most true in that of course every player's different different stages of development we see this in football like we were in fact saying to Mike just before we were reminiscing about Coventry City and obviously we're all quite getting on now aren't we but we're saying about um, some of the players that used to play there and do you remember when Gary McAllister signed for Coventry he'd won the league with Leeds but he then played in a Coventry City team that spent fair bit of time defending yeah. uh, and, and he played deeper than he might have wanted to and all the rest of it and then went off to Liverpool end of his career everyone's looking and thinking this is a weird signing yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he flourishes yeah, yeah. so he's probably got the best time of his career bookended the yeah, yeah. beginning bit and then the end yeah, yeah, yeah. and we, we see it in all kinds of sports people have these kind of Chris Rogers in cricket gets into the Aussie team mm. in his mid-30s and you're thinking oh why didn't they pick him when he's in his 20s and the answer is because he wasn't good enough yes then. Um, or he wasn't ready then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you'd look and say, guys who've broken into the, the, the setups at very young ages, uh, think again back, all these examples. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but yeah. say Rooney, yeah, yeah. what a career. Yeah. Um, this isn't the forum to get into, you know, or did he, did he achieve what he should have done? Yeah, yeah. But as, you know, a, a, these days a casual football fan, I'm, when he was 18, you were 2004, mm. this is like a monster player. Yeah, yeah. And he's a different player later in his yeah, career. Yeah. And we might say whether he was as good or whatever, but he developed, he, he shot off yeah. between 16 and 18. And then other players might have that peak, yeah, mid-twenties or whatever. So we've got to recognise from uh, uh, whether it's a coach or whoever's perspective in sport, probably overlapping with life as well, that that 12-year-old you go and watch who looks like he's got these different things. Yeah, say he's got this attribute where he's just lightning quick. Yeah. But when he's dispossessed or when he he, he gets something wrong, he seems like he's... he's He's not resilient mentally yeah. to it. 
people might temptation is to write that off and say, oh, he's, he's soft, he's mentally weak, and so on. We had that with people who said about Ian Ballard, say, oh, Ian Ballard, he's got great technique, but he just doesn't score runs in these difficult situations. And then they all shut up when later in his career he does, yeah. and people are left scratching their heads and saying, how did he manage to do that? Because the answer, the answer is just dead simple. The, the resilience or whatever we, whatever word we use is a skill just as much as his cover drive yeah, or in football his yeah. in a half more so ball. than cricket and anything else because it's such a I mean like, we've both played the game at, you know <laughs> a really high level but, but um, certainly like when you're batting it, especially you, know, you look at these people that bat all day like it is so you can see probably again I'm not an expert on it but sort of the mental health side is very prevalent in cricket yeah. is because of that the strain an individual you're never going to have that in football you're never going to have that in rugby they might have like, oh, you got a, you got to convert in the last minute, or you got to take a penalty. That's like two minutes yeah. of strain, not the. Yeah. Like, I have to concentrate again, concentrate again, like for hours on end. And you can see what you know. Football, you can hide. You can players can hide in games. Uh, you can't, you can't hide when someone's bowling the ball nine miles. That you think, I'll oh, just, I'm gonna concentrate now because yeah. obviously you get, hit, you get hit and you get killed or it hurts. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, the, I think the the, the the useful comparison I've found is. And I say this sometimes in the sessions with players that cricket it lends itself so much towards the, 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 the mental aspects of it, for good or for bad, yeah, yeah. because of the punctuation that happens. Football and rugby, not completely, no. but are fluid. Yeah, yeah. Or team so, sports where yeah, you know there's you're, multiple you're things. perhaps say it's, one of your players, whoever we think of, yeah. say they're in the centre of the park, and their job is. The kind of Michael Carrick kind of character who's looking to just get that ball moving, yeah. pick it up, interceptions, whatever it be. Of course, they're thinking, yeah. but they're not. It's not a conscious thought all yeah, the yeah. time. You don't stop and say, "Oh, shimmy to my right, look up, pass." You yeah. do it yeah, yeah. because you've had those hours yeah. and hours of training. Same with, and then the same is is the case in, in cricket. But because of those gaps between each delivery, yeah. there's the chance to apply that bit more pressure on you, or to consider the the, the context more yeah. when. Yeah, from club level that we played all the way up to the, the very best ever, yeah. the skill that they've had is being able to detach themselves from the outcome or the situation and just say, well, actually, I've just got one delivery to deal with. Yeah, exactly. Play it. Yeah. And then whatever they do between balls is fascinating. So if we, we've got no, and no one, maybe, maybe one person listening would sort of know, this, know that the example of this person, and you're going to laugh when I mention it. Um, but if we look at, uh, and everyone will know a, a, a character like this, say you go back to like um, Bryn Ward or someone like that, um, aside from calling everyone Dodsey, what he would be able to do is quite an old bloke when we played with him, always seemed to be an old bloke, <laughs> was technically excellent. So Born like, in his 40s, wasn't yeah, he? <laughs> yeah. So he's technically good, which of course that makes a big difference. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But would not allow the situation to affect how he batted. Now, in some ways, that can be a bit of a, a detraction if we're looking yeah. for a run chase, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then that's up to someone else to score a bit quicker. But he'd be playing exactly the same way, whether it's a really good attack or a really bad one. Yeah. And, and I, I spoke to someone a few months ago, sometime last year, Paul Johnson, who's now coaching at, at Leicestershire, had his whole career at, at, at Nottinghamshire, funnily enough. Yeah. And he was saying his thing was, if he, his thing, if he had a big game against an attack which had like West Indian test bowlers, yeah, yeah. no problem getting myself up for that. No yeah. problem whatsoever. I'm on it. Yeah, yeah. The problem then is if you're playing a game where the overseas is injured and you've got a couple of part-timers and a pitch which is as flat as you like, yeah, it's yeah. actually then going, how do I keep switching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, guess with that, how much... In the, I guess the, this more of a broader kind of talent ID thing, how much emphasis is placed on when players perform as opposed to their their attributes that you're seeing over a course of, of games? Uh, it's a good question. I don't know if there's an answer. Um, certainly, we have this. We have it a lot in academies, obviously, especially with trialists that come in. So great in training, looks great, helps the coach. Small sided technical session doesn't break things up. Excellent. Not particularly effective on the game on the Sunday or Saturday against the kid who ball bounces off him a few times. Not a bit of a session wrecker, as they call them, in terms of it doesn't help the coach's session. Um, but actually, on a Sunday, scores twice. And you're looking at it going, well, okay, well, 
what's he here for? Because ultimately he's going to be here to play in a game and that, ultimately that's the ultimate test. But again, it's making sure that you're not ruling out the kid that actually is a great session breaker but physically may not be able to affect the game now. So again, it's again it's, there is no answer, I don't, if that makes sense. Um, it, you're looking at the kids again individually. So you're making an assessment on that kid. It's not that in fact he, right, okay, we, we're not going to sign because he doesn't affect the game. Right, okay, but what's he got that we think is going to affect the game? Because ultimately it's going to be about whether he affects the game at 18, 19, 20, 21, whatever. Yep. Not whether it affects the game at 14. Um, and the same with the boy. Actually, does he score a lot of goals now because he's bigger, faster, stronger than everyone else? Or actually, he's always going to be bigger, faster, stronger than everyone else. And therefore, that doesn't matter because he's going to do that. Or actually, when everyone catches, we always have this. Oh, when everyone catch him, catches him up. What happens if no one catches him up? Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You say, oh, someone will catch you saying, bolt up. Well, what happens when he's always that quick? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So again, it's every every individual is different. And it's, for me, it's always, as I said, it's probably haven't answered all these in terms of I've not given you a definitive answer because yeah. I don't yeah. think there is one. Yeah. You're looking at individual going, well, what does he give us? And what's he, you know, like, as I said, he might be, he's really strong mentally in terms of like, he'll keep going and what, you know, like, but actually short technically here and here. Yeah. Well, okay, can we get him better at those? Because actually the mentality side could get him a career in the game. Not necessarily, it might not be at our first team level, but it might be actually. You know, I would say to some of our kids, if you get to play in the Championship or League One or League Two for your entire career, you've won the lottery. Because, you know, finish at lunchtime every day, you know, drive around in big cars, get very well paid. So basically, you know, and everyone who's done an office job would go cooking out and you don't realise what that's like. Um, so again, it's, it's understanding that and finding those best, you know, yeah. whatever their model is. But as I said, I don't think, like I probably answered before, I don't think there's a model there that you're looking at. Yeah. Go, right, okay, this is what we want. And I reckon that that might be the hardest thing for people to get their head around. Yes, I think it is. Because even though I'm, I'm aware of that from previous discussions and in this discussion... I am still asking questions. Yeah, yeah, we're guided. I'm kind of wanting you to say, yeah, you know, this, this is exactly what happens. Yeah. Now, I've got a little bit of a theory on this, and it's borne out by conversations I've had with, with some of the um, pro players in, in cricket about. I think what we may be, and this is a theory, so you know, again, it's 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 not necessarily right. Is that as say the layman, someone out, someone who's a fan of the sport, but someone who's outside of that professional environment, what we want to see sometimes is, is a, a definite formula which you kind of want to be able to have the security of guaranteeing the results. So if you've got a kid who's at an academy, and I've got got a, got a friend who's uh, got a son. Young, I don't know. He's young. Yeah. He's less than ten. Younger yeah, yeah. than ten. At um, one of the top academies, uh, top clubs in the country. Now they seem to be just really in, just enjoying the experience. Yeah. You know what? Which is what, exactly uh, what, what an honour. Yeah, you know, to, to have. You can look back even if you are yeah. let go at whatever year. And I played you, and say, so and so. Here's my yeah. kit from there. Yeah, yeah, pictures, yeah. all the rest of yeah. it. So and that, that's great. But I bet if you could say to him, to, to either the player or the parents. Here's a matrix of things, and if you satisfy each of them, you're through. A little bit like when you're studying, you'd say, well, these are your assessment objectives. If you match them, you're going to pass. Yeah, yeah. When we get the variables, we get a little bit uncertain. And this kind of... This element of we want to, to, to be able to have some control over it, but when we can't control it, that leads to feeling a bit anxious and, yeah, yeah. and so on. So when we then are saying, whether it's yourself, Mike, whoever else, that... Actually, the answer is it's sort of down to a bit of a, an instinct of things sometimes. It's down to maybe yeah, how you performed and these sort of things. And we kind of start to get a bit, a bit flustered about that and think, oh, come on, what if he gets it wrong? Yeah, yeah. And this kind of thing. And yeah, then you, and I can understand that. It comes, it links into something that I was. I, I use this example again a lot. So if people are listening, to this would be at a session. They'd be like, well, why have a bother listening? This he says all this, said this to me last week, but. One of the things that a player seems to, a fans want, whichever sport it is, perhaps football being the biggest sport we have in this country is the best example. If you're on the, sound like my daddy, if you're on the terraces, 
and you're watching whichever team it is Brighton Hove Albion Seagulls Coventry City not many watching them at the moment of course whoever it is if you've got a player who can show that they have passion that seems to be the word doesn't it then you'd like yeah I'll get behind it you know he's worked hard and this one well, I'm not going to mention the, the, the player's name one because I don't want to be just dropping names everywhere but also because he probably wouldn't want his fans to be knowing that he said this but he was saying yeah anyone can be passionate yeah the fan in the stands can go I'll put that shirt on I'll be passionate yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I tell you what mate you trap the ball further than I can spit you know <laughs> yeah. so that bit is almost like because people the, 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 the fan in this example wants that passion because they think I can replicate yeah, yeah. you actually start to feel a little bit insignificant if you've got someone who's cool who's detached yeah, yeah. but it's the mustard yeah, yeah. and some days they turn it on and some they don't yeah, and it's yeah. like you're better at football than me which I can deal with but also you seem to be just a different type of person that I can't relate to yeah. and then we find it hard to then empathise with those players but I always say you've got you, you've got the examples of them across say some of the managers as well people will be saying oh he doesn't even care you know they score and he's with his arms folded just yeah, blank yeah, yeah. expression guess what he doesn't support the club yeah, <laughs> yeah. and he, he gets paid job, by them yeah, and yeah. he's going to be yeah. probably yeah. sacked soon yeah exactly in, in whether we say soon is in games yeah, yeah. or even years yeah. and he perhaps doesn't owe them any loyalty and that's yeah, difficult exactly. when we'll be loyal yeah, as fans yeah, yeah. so to that kind of the subjective nature of say of scouting or identifying talent is something that can kind of psychologically or mentally kind of it's easy to irritate people handing your path towards a goal towards the 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 opinion of someone else and then you're looking to pick holes in it and say you're left out of a particular team and you're thinking well he's crap why is he I'm a better player than him he's picking say it's a cricket team he's picking he's not picking me and and then maybe there's the lookout in, in the football setting to go well you know the way the way Forest pick players is just wrong but really they're saying that because their son or daughter or whoever hasn't yeah. been picked so that, that's something there which yeah is probably the thing that the listener is hopefully understanding that because it is a sport with so many variables and your view of what makes a good striker yeah. will be different to mine Yours, or to Michael's exactly. or whoever else's or what your manager wants eventually yeah. with that I'll ask a couple more before we. I've got a point just because yeah, yeah, well, you, you, that, that, it's a really good point you've made, which I think is really interesting. And again, leads into probably scouting. And then there's done, you know, if you've done any scouting courses, sort of the town ID, they mention this around your own biases around players. So that's your own bias. So, so if you were a hard-working midfielder, you will, when you go and scout, you will go and you will identify. I like the midfielder because he's exactly he hits those values that yeah. you are. So I'm, I was a hard worker. I like that, and I like it in other people. I can tell you what my type is straight away. The bloody little fair-haired kid, lefty, plays as a ten, probably wears gloves in bloody July. Um, doesn't really do any off-the-wall work, but actually, when he gets it, he makes a couple of people and does a little slide pass. Now, that's my bias I'll be like I like him yeah. but it's recognising your bias and knowing well actually do I like him because he's good enough or do I like him because he's just hitting those values which I really find important now he might actually when you look at it be you then biased all the stuff he doesn't do yeah he doesn't do anything for the ball actually five of the six passes have gone into the bloody you know rosette yeah. but actually looks the part he's got you know foreign you know boots on or yeah. you know he's called Giuseppe you know like yeah. my own biases around what I like so that's totally the same so again the fans the fans want passion because they're passionate about their club they want the same passion shown by their players so all of a sudden the midfielder who's the old dog and he rats and he, and he kisses the badge when yeah. he scores oh, I love him but actually the foreign lad he doesn't give a toss about the club really because he's he's on £50,000 a week but actually you know scores as a world he wants a week and everyone loves him then next week oh he's crap because you know that's our own set of values and it's recognising certainly as a scout I remember the lad, the lad I know who works at Arsenal was at Fulham for a long time said we have a scout who comes in and he recommends players and only if he recommends a Y player I always say let's just sign him because that's his preset and he always brings in good Y players because that's his whether he was used to be a winger or that's what he likes 
he will always bring in those types and he always knows that they're going to be a good level. But he might bring in a midfielder and you go, well, we're nowhere near the level yeah. because that's not what he's good at. Yeah. So again, sometimes it's your scouts knowing what certain yeah. things. So someone will go to me, oh, he's really good. And I'm thinking, I know what your type is. Yeah. So I know actually, yeah, I can probably, without you describing him, I know what he's going to be like when he comes through the door. Yeah. He's going to be that, you know, as I said, hard-working midfielder type because that's exactly the types he brings in because they're, they're what he sees in himself and what he yeah. likes to see in other players. That's fascinating because don't we get this in, in whichever sport, you've got X player at whatever level and if they make a judgment on, let's say, a, a, a youngster coming through, yeah. let's say it's a wicket keeper, yeah, yeah. and you've got like your the, the legendary wicket keeper at that particular club, and if they they say, oh, I think this kid's a good keeper, and people's response to that is, oh, he'd know a thing or two about wicket keeping, and they kind of then say, oh, this keeper must be good because, yeah, yeah. John has said that they are, yeah, yeah. So that's interesting about so well, perhaps he thinks they're good because they remind him of himself. But yeah, yeah. Maybe we're looking at that and going. Yeah, he's got some of your good features, but remember this this hero that we're thinking about yeah, yeah. when they retire, we're maybe focusing on all the good stuff, but we're also forgetting that well, everything that went down leg side, he just used to <laughs> wave it on its way. You yeah. know, he used to get the um, use the matador. Yeah, so, so that that's interesting and, and comes back to maybe who we trust with those decisions. Yeah. We, look, we all have biases, and you'll have, you'll have biases of players you like, and I like, and whoever likes and don't like, is recognising that they're your bias. That's the key for me. It's, not, it's like, if, you bring a, if someone's going to bring me a player in, I want you almost to go, look, he's my type, I like him because he does these things, and that's fine. And as long as you're sort of questioning it, you're not just bringing him in because, oh no, I, you know, that's just the way, I, you know, that's just, I like him because he does these things. Well, yeah, I know that because I know exactly what you're going to bring me. Yeah. Like, you've almost got to go, do you like him because he's good enough or just because he's hitting those values that you like? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, no, I think not, that's... Uh... And that, that, that links into when you're talking about fans, it's exactly the same. Of course the fans like the one who kisses the badge mm. and hard-working and, you know, he's a... I don't know, he's a well, you Liverpool, think, he's a scouser yeah. against the kid who's like, you know. Well, you think about, say, yeah, in football, or there's like, there'd be the similar, similar, maybe not as pronounced identities in cricket. If you're like, if you're a Leeds United fan, like my dad is, um, then when he's there watching it, he's wanting players who that crowd gets whipped up pretty easily yeah, yeah. and it's not a nice place to be if you're not playing for them or yeah. a fan of them which is actually if they get back to the Premier League it's going to make it so interesting yeah, because yeah. it just so seems you know, football can be seen as being quite sterile yeah, with yeah. the kind of the prawn sandwiches and all of the whatever yeah, Roy Keane's on about so Leeds are a bit of an antidote to that but his his favourite players there would be ones who were sort of like who would fit that Leeds United mould yeah. and we maybe oh Billy Bremner and that line is through there yeah, yeah. some of the more some of the clubs which maybe have the reputation of, of a certain type of football again because at West Ham Trevor Booking played a certain way yeah, yeah. you're always looking out for a midfielder who's got yeah, that yeah, kind they of love thing all there that, yeah. so, so yeah and that can, we can see that in, in say yeah in cricket as well you know there's a certain type of player that, that, is, that does well at a county like Yorkshire compared yeah. to yeah. maybe you have less of that predefined thing at a smaller yeah. county that hasn't won as much. With your um, setting, what, because we've, we've alluded to managers, uh, the, the manager of the first team or the head coach or the, whatever you call the guy who's in charge, yeah, yeah. shelf life is limited um, and every single result is scrutinised and it can be you draw or lose at the wrong time and that's it you've yeah, gone yeah. and the board's got all kinds yeah, yeah. of agendas if that get for the academy if you're can it ever be that you're trying to recruit types of players that that first team manager eventually wants yeah. or does it have to just be set because there is a realisation that really this lad at 15 is going to be playing for maybe four managers time yeah uh, it's a really good question. I think some clubs do it really well, some clubs don't. I think the clubs that do it really well are the ones that have a really clear strategy from like a chairman. So, for example, like, this is the worst example in the world, sorry to use it, Barcelona. So Barcelona, you know when the manager comes in, he's going to have to play a certain style of football, which is expected at that club. So you don't go and, no disrespect to Tony Pulis, I don't know him, but Barcelona is probably not going to go and get Tony Pulis because I don't think that's set of... He, and there's nothing wrong with that by the way but what he does is probably not going to be suited to a new camp crowd yeah. so again that's probably a great idea so then when you're recruiting or you're developing players who are coming through 
they are going to develop those type of players for that system um, but that's like the extreme end that's like the perfect dream end if that makes sense um, but I think most clubs because there is such a flux of changes you always, the academy has to be seen as separate it has to do what it's what the club believes is right and then you know because there is such a, a massive turnover in terms of the managers you only really need to worry about them when they get to 18 or 23 time because that's when the manager will have a look and have an effect he might not be long around long enough to really have effect at anything else like yeah. you know the, the Wenger the Ferguson days are probably gone I mean like, I don't know Pochettino's five years now is it something like that I can't remember what it is but again he's like fourth longest or something or like fifth longest so that you, you're probably not yeah if Wenger turned up tomorrow or the next Wenger turned up tomorrow and goes well I'm going to be here for 25 25 plus years whatever it is yes you, you might let's go right under 10s I've got to do this because actually he's going to see them in 10 years time yeah. um, but actually realistically for 99.9% of clubs that's never going to be the reality so I think you've got to be strong in your academy and go okay this is what we believe in this is what we're going to do yes well, when we get closer to 18 to 23 so it's going to have to look really closer to what the first team are doing yeah. and it, what you do as an academy is um, is produce players that can play in any system because ultimately you don't know where they're going to go. So you might go, right, okay, Nottingham Forest have a certain style of play and we've got to do this thing. But actually, they're not all going to go and play Nottingham Forest's first team. What happens if they drop out and play for Notts County? What happens if they drop out and play for Scunthorpe, Coventry, whatever it is? Those players have got to go and adapt to those systems. So you produce, you produce players in academies, or the best academies do, of, to be able to go and play anywhere. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in fact, that was going to be one of my questions that... I suppose it would be fair to say that part of that development of a player and I suppose within that with the identification hopefully been able to predict that they can do this is having individuals that one of their skills is that they are the flexibility they they can change their role or change and then they can adapt to it and that's part of the system you put them through so you give them that you give that that scaffolded learning as you go through that they can play in a multiple system centre halves now they can't surely at some point you've got to give an option to play in the back three because that could happen so you know the the first time they ever play in the back three is when they're 25 and the new manager comes in because you're not really help them go through um, but again it's, most is fluid now because you don't know what the game again from an academy you don't know what the game's going to look like in five years time ten yeah. years time it might look different so you might be you might be developing players for a, a system that's not there yet you know who'd have known you know it's, as I said it was like you know Hoddle played about three didn't he with England and then all of a sudden no one plays about three and yeah. all of a sudden Dingy comes in doesn't he um Conte and go, oh, we're going to play back three. All of a sudden, everyone's looking to play back three. England play back three in the World Cup. You know, like, yeah. Yeah, I think that just, you've got to be fluid. Sure, yeah. Now, the final thing then, and this is kind of taking a step away from that day-to-day thing of how players develop and what we, what you might see in them that gives you the idea that they, they could work. Um, what have you? What would be your observation of players that have gone through kind of that cycle of being picked up at whatever stage, gone through their academy, had their ups and downs, and, and, and made it professionally? So it doesn't have to be someone like, say, Damari Gray, who's gone through yeah. that and won the Premier League, but someone who's made a career out of it. What do they have? In ter- yeah, no, I know, I know. And I'm going to try here. What kind of things there we go, do they have which we could say, in terms of like their how they deal with the failure or perception of failure Michael's going yeah will do yeah good man um, if you blog whatever you, if you want any cricket people let me know good man I want some cricket contacts cheers Mike Mike's off um, which has given me a chance to refresh my question yeah um, are, are, yeah, what, what kind of actuaries? We'll give it loose. Yeah, do they? Do, is there anything that we you you see that either it's a, te- a particular technique that's used, or just a philosophy that the people have? Because cricket, in some ways, easier to see the failures, isn't it? Yeah, you've got a hundred, but then you've got a duck, and it's like the difference between it. In yeah. football, particularly if you say a midfield player who's not expected to score regularly. You, you might judge yourself having had a bad game when actually someone would be like well I thought you had a good game yeah, yeah. it can be a bit more strict but how do those players keep themselves going to then be in the position to take advantage of opportunities I think um, there were, there were, I mean like I said without going back over what we just said I think there is 
for every player that sits fits a certain model, there'll be one that doesn't. Now, the majority of them, I'll be honest, are probably going to have to be really good learners going through um, because the amount of tactical stuff in the game now, there's a lot of analysis, there's a lot of the, the better players will take hold of their own development. So, again, the, the, the stories of all those players that come home, you know, go back out when training's finished and do some additional work. You know, there is a reason why they end up being top players because they do have that desire and that ability to want to learn. So a top learner or being a good learner, I think, is in there. But again, you don't. My concern is always go. Well, he doesn't fit that model. Let's not take him. There will be. So there will be out there, and I know some that aren't great learners, technically outstanding. So therefore, they get away with not being a great learner because actually they just tear people apart when they get on the pitch, and that's ultimately what they're going to be yeah. judged on. Not actually, oh, he's quite good in the classroom, and yeah. he, he understands the tactical work we do. And if I do, you know, set plays, he's really good at understanding what his job is. But ultimately, he might not be. He might not have to go past four players and stick it in the top corner. But that's fine. I mean, it's a jigsaw puzzle, isn't it? In the game, you're not going to have, to, you know, you're not going to have eleven Jaden Sanchez, but you're not yeah. going to have. 10 Julian Derby's yeah yeah, yeah, very good yeah Yeah, and I guess that this is perhaps the the thing to to, to wrap it up with that in terms of like mental approaches to to sport or or any walk of life it's very difficult I think the whole I think this fits in with you having said to me quite a lot during this that there isn't just the one answer and so on that for some people that kind of mental strength can be from very deliberate things that they do yeah and for others, an absence of thought about it can be their strength. So yeah, that yeah. lad who's more impulsive, yeah. by not spending time ruminating over thinking, oh, I've got to be mentally strong with this, and he's just turned up and gone, well, I, when I get the ball at my feet, I'll just do this. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, I'll try it next time, and I'll try it again, because I reckon it will work eventually. So, yeah, often people, I suppose, yeah, I'll have contact with people who would be saying, whether it's about their, perhaps their health, it might be a, it might be a, a point where they're, they're they're, un, they're really like really struggling they're unwell and mm. would want an answer to say do this and you'll be fine and there can be options that yeah I'm not a, men, um, a healthcare professional but I could say if you go to your doctor you go to a therapist whatever yeah. they'll say stuff and it might this thing might work for you the first thing is it's not just going to work instantly. You're yeah. probably going to have to look at, be patient, and that's yeah, yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but that might work for you, or it might be it's a little bit of trial and error. Yeah. And that's kind of like from a health perspective. But then from the performance side of things, it's the same principle, isn't it? Yeah, that you've got to, it, what works for you, you can look at someone and try and take bits and pieces from them. But I say this one about Cristiano Ronaldo. He do he meditates and he does that every day, and he considers that to be very important. And if he uses an, an, an app for that, or he probably self-guide it now, mm. that's something that's free. Yeah. And we don't have, we, if we're a park player, don't have access to the multi-euro facilities at Juventus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently he's got a cryotherapy chamber at his house. It's like, I think probably Crystal Palace don't have one of them. <laughs> so there's some things that we couldn't take from him. Yeah, yeah. But those little ones that you think, well, if he does that, or Michael Jordan did yeah. that or whatever, maybe, maybe we, we, we would take that on board. But it might not work for, for everyone. So I suppose to, 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 to wrap up this anyone's been listening thinking right how do I get someone to be a professional footballer what is a scout looking for well we've spoken to you and we could have spoken to a friend of yours a colleague an enemy whoever else and they would have said oh well actually I do this but I think that the whole thing that would be there is it's it's a very subjective exercise isn't it? yeah of course it is and look you'll always have you read the articles of how so and so spotted so and so and all that but they never talk about the 150 others that never made it, like, and that's the reality of the, of the game. You know, it annoys me a little bit that because it's not just about look, who spotted Messi? Yeah, I spotted Messi. You know, my mum could have spotted Messi. Come on, surely. You see those clips of him when he was like five, going yeah. past those eight. You look, they're obvious. If you miss them, you're in trouble as a scout. Yeah. So you can't go out oh, I found Messi. Like, it's not a castle. Scouting isn't always a castle. Just going, right, I've seen that. It might be the relationship you've got with the club. It might be the relationship with the parents. It might be someone you know. You know, it's about when they come in the building and the 15 of the clubs that are interested that they warm to you as a human being and therefore goes, I quite trust my kids to be in this environment. It's not just about the eyes on the ground. That's the easy bit uh, to a degree. Yeah. You know, I, I've done it long enough, and I don't class myself to be an expert. But I've done it long enough that I, if I like a player, I'll go. Yeah, I think he could be a player. That's just the beginning of the journey. You've got those 
millions of other things that are going to happen in that journey that have got to go right for that player to come through the other end, you yeah. know, the right set of parents. And that, that will be ultimately the most important bit. And then that would be any parents that are listening, like, just let them go and enjoy it. Because we are, I see it all the time. You can see the dad getting frustrated at the side of the pitch because little Johnny's not done well or he's on his trial or he's not scored. And you know what that car journey home's going to be yeah, like. Yeah. And you just think, yeah, and maybe that kid comes through the other end of it and that is part of the resilience he's built up because he's had dad in the car for the last six years going oh why don't you do this why don't you do you know like but again that's not right for every kid you know some parents just don't the best parents just drop them off and don't give a toss and like not don't give a toss but do you know what I mean just happy for the kids to go and enjoy it Mm. and don't yeah, do you enjoy it today yeah great no problem do you not enjoy it no oh, okay alright no problem move yeah, on yeah. do you know what I mean not that element of the the 55 questions breakdown well why don't you so and so and you know yeah, blah, blah, blah. so it can be millions of different things um, I don't think there, there is as I said probably 55 times in this interview <laughs> 55 uh, different ways of telling you yeah there isn't one but I think it's helping those kids in the journey through and there will be some and look mental health is a huge area I think it will be you know obviously cricket's probably a little bit ahead of football probably because of the stuff we talked about in terms of it's very individualistic it, it will begin to happen in football clearly it will be there will be kids going through the system now that are having the same problem because of peer pressure because of parents because of not the right coach you know like I said it is literally like winning the lottery you might have a great nine year old who's outstanding and then there's sometimes the question you've got if he doesn't come through why didn't he come through mm. was it I actually didn't warm to the coaches was it the parents was it you know like you said it's, you know, at the start before we were chatting around those kids that drop 15 just drop out because they've had so much pressure well, actually they, they don't want that anymore yeah. they don't they drop out for a reason they don't drop out because they don't love the sport anymore you know, they just want to go and play with their mates. Mm. You know, we, we have other boys, you know, that drop out, and you may be, oh, do you want to come and sign for us? And it's like, well, I've been at the club since I was nine. I've done like X amount. I don't enjoy it anymore. And that pressure of actually now, I don't have to worry about it mm. because I have been released. I could just go and enjoy my life, and I can go and be a doctor, a lawyer, gym, chimney sweep, whatever you yeah. want. Um, th- that doesn't matter anymore to them and, and it's making sure certainly as the academies and they're, they're doing a lot uh, Birmingham are very good you know, we have a, a psych in the building now it, that those kids are getting the support as they go through because it, whether you like it or not it's a very it is elite environment and the kids will be released every year it's a horrible it's a horrible sport in that regard it's not it's little Johnny under 10s playing which is great but actually at some point someone might say to me you're not good enough anymore for this environment and it's it's horrible because you can't take them all unfortunately yeah. and that's the reality of the game they're going to go into you know yeah you might be a first second year pro doing really well manager changes not convinced about you but certain I'm not going to give you a new contract to 21 what's he going to do for the rest of his life can't pick up another contract all of a sudden he's going from always been professional football always been in a football environment to shit what do I do now yeah so I think there's there's a lot of support around that, or there needs to be a lot more support. Yeah, and I think as we uh, uh, kind of yeah to to finish that that example there of the player being <coughs> let go from the environment it goes it, it's, there's two kind of paths, isn't there? That that can be something if if, if handled the wrong way yeah. can be very damaging, yeah, and then it's obviously onus on the individual yeah. to then work out how they deal with it, whether they see that as they gave it the best they could and it was a great experience yeah. or whether they were pinning absolutely everything, everything yeah. well, it's um, not the kids a lot of the time it's the parents yeah. that they see right well, okay this is you know, this is my kid going to make it and my kid's going to be professional from Waller and unfortunately the reality is that's very 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 unlikely to happen as I said it is literally like winning a lottery you get through the other end because the amount of kids that come in at the bottom of the pyramid and actually come through are infinitesimal even when you're getting a scholar at 16 even getting your first pro card doesn't mean you're going to go make a career out of the game because yeah. so many of them drop out um, and I said it, it's, it's scaffolding their learning and their, you know, their mental health all the way through that not a be wary this could happen at any time but also giving them the structure around them that if it does happen they can cope with that or they have the skills to cope with that rather than actually well, we're pinning everything on this and the pressure from the parents and so look it's it's a great it's a great sport shit industry is what someone someone yeah. once told me <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that's not far off the truth to a degree um, because it is so horrible in terms of you're dealing with yeah. it's not school where everyone comes through and everyone gets a, you know different levels of exams you could, you could literally drop out at any point and you've maybe been there yeah. nine and this has been your life 
Yeah, and you've been told by various people yeah. at various stages that you are you are good, yeah, otherwise yeah. you wouldn't be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and, then, and it is that like, I keep saying something when we have some trialists and I say like say to the boys, yeah, how old are you, blah, 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 yeah, uh, how many kids in your class are in the academy? Most of them will say maybe one, if not none, most is none, sorry, they might say one. Okay, so you've got 15 boys in your class and you're now one in coming on trial in the academy. You've done exceptionally well to get this far, don't forget that. Yes, yes you want to try and get a contract at the end of it and get signed, but if you don't, how many kids have got, got this far? You should be really proud of that, yeah. but we, we get... You know, parents, we all get involved now. Oh, actually, you might go and play in the first team, or my son could go and play for England, but that is like you know, yeah. 0.05%. And, and it's it's easy for us to say, it's just, just sat away from it, but that the ability to just in, to embrace that moment or sets of moments yeah. is what make, actually contributes to being <clears throat> good at your job, whatever it is, yeah, yeah. not getting carried away with what's happened before, what happens after, and just saying, at this moment in time, isn't this great? And yeah, having that, having the gratitude that we, yeah. we often talk about and saying, yeah, well, to, you know, I'm fortunate to be in this situation, that might motivate you to work bloody hard to yeah, say, to oh, stay I'll carry stay on. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. even if it ends to, today or yeah, tomorrow, yeah. what a yeah, what experience. Because yeah. Yeah. a lot of people, and it's difficult when you're in the environment, saying, you know, like anyone, isn't it? Oh, you're so lucky to, I'm sure people go scout, there's loads of scouts out there that have just scouted part-time the rest of their life. Oh, you're so lucky that you've got the job. Yeah, I'm very fortunate I've got the job and I work in the industry, I love it, don't get me wrong, but that doesn't mean that I'm not striving to get better yeah. at it. And if it ends tomorrow, I don't just go, oh, well, you know, I've had a good run or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, course we try to get better at everything we do but it's just made it's the reality of as an adult you can deal with that it's that when you're a kid it's you're going through changes and you're having to deal with a lot of things and um, ultimately they're all competing against each other which is crazy if you think about it yeah. there's only so many I'll take through every kid is competing against the same kid in his age group uh, and it, it's a team sport but it's you know with cricket you know ultimately only so many can go and play in the first team yeah and it's about right. Okay, this this guy's getting all the runs. This guy doesn't. You know, it's it's like the the great cricketer podcast always says the best hundred you can get is in a losing team. Yeah, <laughs> because someone else is probably going to get left out. Yeah, but you and you can say, well, I did my bit. Yeah, there must be bits of that in in football as well. Well, I think we're going to call it time there. Out, that was yeah. uh, plenty to be listening with. So, but I guess thanks very much for joining me, Dan. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Good man. Cheers. Um,